Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, we're back. Welcome to Roadcase, everyone. This is Josh Rosenberg, your host. Thanks for joining me for this episode, and we got tons more to come, uh, and this one's a great one. Thanks to everyone that's uh, been supporting Roadcase. Um, If you're out there, thank you for uh, uh, getting in touch, emailing, uh, for your support on Patreon, and... um, I'll just throw out a reminder that, um, you know, you can uh, email me at info at roadcasepod.com or you can get in touch with us through the social medias at, uh, at roadcasepod. We also have a YouTube channel, um, Roadcase Podcast, oddly enough. That's the title of it. And um, you can support us on Patreon. And the cool thing about Patreon is that you'll get little tidbits on the, the podcast, pictures, descriptions, etc. for being part of that community. And we'll also have some exclusive content that will only be available on um, Patreon, hence the word exclusive. And you can find us on patreon.com slash roadcasepod. And you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And when you're there, please rate and review this podcast and uh, leave comments. Uh, You know, if you uh, tell me how you feel, uh, let people know out there how you feel about this. And thanks for those who um, who've done that already. Really appreciate it. So this week, I'm really happy to have with me my uh, my friend Matthew Page of DOG. Uh, the band formerly known as Blackfoot Gypsies. I really love Matthew. He's an amazing performer, and he is out there on the road like 200 shows a year for the past many years. Um, He's a road veteran who grew up in Washington State and spent a little time in Portland, drove a large and massive and slow school bus across the country to get his butt to Nashville to be in Music City so that he could play music, listen to music, meet people, start a band. Um, It's an inspiring story. He began the band Blackfoot Gypsies, uh, put them together uh, quite a few years ago, back in, uh, I think, around 2012. Um, And now with the name change of DOG, uh, they're really excited to kick off 2021 with a new single appropriately named New Way of Life. And uh, they got another new single coming out on February 20th. Matthew's well familiar with touring, as I said, um, but he's touring. He's out on the road constantly. I've seen their shows. It's an amazing, fun, hard core rock alt country uh just a blowout extravaganza at their shows and he also wrote a book called band life tips on how to survive life on the road uh you know it's a handbook uh he's not preachy about it uh it's a it's a it's a really great read i read the book um and it's just kind of tips and things that matthew has wanted to hand uh to other people uh that are on the road considering going on the road uh need some guidelines um matthew's just a really thoughtful, uh, human, wise beyond his years, just um, 
always grateful and good hearted. And um, it just seems like he's like the right person to write a book about this because he wants to give, he wants to give to others, he wants to give back, and he wants to leave a good footprint wherever he is. And, uh, and he lives by that. And I can attest to that. And the most important and cool thing is that he rocks the shit out of every room he plays in. And he's just a crazy, nutty, fun guy. Um, and I, I love him a ton. So, uh, the band's DOG. So we're going to talk on about life on the road, um, what that looked like for Blackfoot gypsies when, uh, years ago, now DOG and um, what that's kind of looking like uh, during COVID and how Matthew's adjusting. Uh, it's a really fun interview. Um, I always love talking to Matthew, and um, I know that you will really enjoy this too. Thanks for tuning into Roadcase for this special episode with Matthew Page of DOG. And here we go. Starting fresh. Okay, starting fresh. All that great stuff. Okay, I'm gonna try to do that again. Do it, <laughs> Josh. Matthew, how are Hi. you, man? It's great oh, to man. see you. It's been a long time. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, it's so great to Looks see you like again. And uh, I'm, you know, if you're just if you're not gonna go and get your haircut, this might as well be the time. So yeah, and the beard. Yeah, or buy a hat. Get a hat. I need a hat. Oh my god. Oh. Okay, we should have snapped a shot of you with this. Okay, for those of you that are not on here, you're you're lucky that you cannot see Matthew with this crazy amount of of overgrowth that he's got that he's covering up with one of his famous hats. Yeah. So, well, you know. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, it's great to it's great to see you, man. It's, it's great, great to see to you. See thanks you. so much for thanks for so much for being here on Roadcase. And congratulations uh, we've on the podcast. You're really thanks. rolling with this. Thanks so much. I really appreciate Amazing. it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have you here. And I mean, you and I have uh, talked many times in the past, and um, I can't wait to catch up with you and see what's going on. So, yes. um, Blackfoot Gypsies is now DOG. That so, is right. New yes. chapter, new day. Exciting. Exciting. So why'd you change the name? Uh, well, we'd uh, gone through a metamorphosis as a band, sort of, as far as... Um, band members and whatnot and we had to settle and it felt like a good time to change the name plus uh the name was rubbing people the wrong way unintentionally for us we uh me i i initially came up with the name when i was 19 and uh unexperienced yeah. inexperienced in the world and um words change and um they mean different things in different places and we have been going more places and I don't want to be insulting anybody with my band name or anything I'm affiliated with. That's not my, yeah. jam. that's not what I want to yeah. do. So um, we were like for years, we've been wanting to change the name and one tour kind of leads to another thing and you're booked on this as this name. And so right. we had a contract to fulfill with a record company and blah, blah, blah. Uh, one thing just kind of led to another as far as like, well, this is not a good time to change the name here comes the pandemic. Uh, great time. We're not, our entire career has been canceled or put on hold for the, you know, for right, 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 right. And so we're like, well, this is it. Here we go. We get to, this is the time. Uh, this is perfect. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly, so, clearly there's like a logistic situation. You know, you start to work with a tour and then they put out Blackfoot Gypsies on a poster. You're like, uh, we want to change. Uh, they're like, uh-huh. No. Right. And <laughs> right. eventually, and one, yeah. like if you get a big gig, then it's like, well, okay. So we felt trapped in it for a long time. And, um, a people who were nice enough to us just looked up, looked past it and understood us, which was nice. But now we want to, I mean, we want to, we've always wanted to be a household name. We want to be able to be accessible to anyone and everyone for the music that we create. Yeah. Not the name we carry around, you know, which, I mean, it is part of it, but when we were coming up with the name, we kept circling around dog, something dog. It was, we were so <laughs> on dog. And then I think Dylan threw it. He, he did this with his hands left to right. D O G. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And, uh, yeah, better than the name dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, thinking like there aren't just there aren't a lot of lot of bands with the name Dog, but which is a good thing, right? Right. I was trying right. to think like, okay, yeah, it's original for sure. And for then, sure. like, are you ever mad when you see a dog? I know I'm not usually mad. Mm, no, no, no. I remember when we went, when we last talked, you were like, "It's the most beautiful thing in the world." Is a D O G. yeah, and, and then we like we got creative with the spelling D E E O H G E E. It's yeah, symmetrical. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, what a word! It's a great word. It looks good. It sounds good. Uh, and I like that people have been pronouncing it differently. Uh, some people are like D O G. Oh. Or D-O-G. <laughs> oh. I, I personally Ooh, very, like, the, I like the silent G method. Very, very, very evocative for sure. Well, that's great. And you've got, um, I mean, uh, you've got a new single out and you're, uh, you've been in the studio um, with a new album. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Like what's, how's yeah, that, how's that all going? And, um, I love, I love the, I love the new single. Good. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Uh, We love it too. Uh, That's why we've been so patient on waiting to release it because we've recorded it Christmas time in 2018. It's been done since then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, (laughs) uh Uh-huh. That's a long time ago. ago. Is that, is that kind of like an ordinary time? That seems like a long time to like have something just waiting to be released. It is. Well, I mean, it's all relative. Some people wait 20 years to put out something, but we were yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to get away from our last record label and the whole deal. And that took time and a lot of things needed to be separated and that took time. So again, and then you want to see if a record label wants to come work with you. And that requires talking, meeting, sending, asking time. And so we find ourselves two years later going, forget it we're going to release it ourselves. And we did. And the response has been amazing so far. And we've gotten more Spotify plays, more video views, more people are sharing it. It's we announced that we're self-releasing and that we're like, Hey, fans, friends, anybody, we're doing this ourselves. So it's up to you to spread it. And we made that clear and people ran with it and have been really helpful. So the past 10 years of gathering friends and fans as Blackfoot Gypsies has now like fresh leaf. We changed the name all the bigots of our group left. They just, they couldn't stand the name change or the reasons why. So that were there great. actually people like that, or are you joking? Oh yeah. Oh, we lost thousands of fans. Thousands of fans, uh, because of Blackfoot, the name Blackfoot Chips is your fans because you changed it. Because the change. No, explain that to me, because like I just like you guys want to change uh, your name. That's fine. It's the same guy, same music. 
some fans we had gathered up through the biker rallies and crazy redneck picnics we've played over the years. <laughs> yeah. No judgment. Uh, but you know, varying views are within everybody. So we changed it and it was at a time of people being extremely or um not extreme well, being sensitive and being aware of words and culture and um the Dixie Chicks had just changed their name. Lady Antebellum was doing a terrible job of changing their name. Uh, it was just, it, it was the right time for us. And that just also happened to be going on as well. So when we did it, some people saw us as being weak or stupid for being sensitive to people, hmm. uh, and our fans and, and culture and, uh, right. that sort of thing. So when hardcore redneck dude saw us change our name because we're like hey we don't really want to offend anyone with our band name anymore so we're going to stop doing that he's like you're weak you're an idiot i love that name it doesn't mean anything you could have it you're stupid for changing so a lot of thousands of those people unsubscribe unfollow which was like good and um then it feels like such a beautiful fresh page of getting to play music because i get to say my band name to someone or a friend or tell someone and i don't have to wince or worry about whether or not i'm insulting them you had that been going on for a long time you kind of felt like yeah, that for a while it's been going on for a long personally internally yes for so long and um i was naive when i named the band initially and i had to travel around long enough into different countries and worlds and meet enough people that it's like okay this is it's not worth it it's not i I don't, I don't need to, it doesn't need to be anything. I don't care what it is. The energy is where, what I'm really interested in and the focus and the music and the interaction. So, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm embarrassed to say I kind of like never gave it like a second thought. And then maybe that's, and that, that, that's, that could be just a, that's kind of a commentary where I come from and that. Uh, it should have been more sen- I should have been more sensitive to that, and I should have hated you for it at the time. No, I'm kidding. Right? No, right. but well, no. I mean, but, when you, um, when you come I thought about it, world. and I was like, eh, "What's this name?" But you know, I love the music, so um, yeah. Uh, it's it's that that strikes me as so weird that people were on liked the name and left you guys because you switched the name from something that is that could be a fem- I mean, I want to say like, yeah, it's an offensive name, and it was like you know, there's no need to call out certain groups, right. In, in, in a, in a way that's not, it wasn't disrespectful, but it's not necessarily in a way. Because when you're 19 and you're naming something, a a band, you're like naming after your favorite things. And I was trying to get the fuck out of the suburbs and the things that were around me were my Hungarian violin teacher who referenced gypsies regularly and taught me how to play gypsy violin. And he used it. So that, and then, Native Americans in the Northwest. And so I was around it and I named it after my favorite things that I learned the most from. And um, that as, as nice as that sounds from me to do that, uh, it, that was just insulting to see from their cultures, to see a white kid just taking that and putting it on a t-shirt and making money. So did you have people from those groups? Did you ever get communication from them saying that they found it offensive? And uh, did that ever happen? There was some on both sides, yes. Um, uh, uh, the, of both cultures, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of both cultures, there were some that said, "You guys are awesome. That's awesome. Keep going." And there was some that are saying, "You're just hurting our culture. Why are you doing this? Please stop." So, right. 
and that's that and that's what everybody says like well i'm part this and i don't find it offensive and i'm part this and i do so i was like i just want to get the fuck out of this <laughs> i don't want this to be an issue ever again ever 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 that was not the intention and good lord that's not what i'm here to do yeah, so yeah. um it was so wonderful to get to do this and now people are liking us for our music and the name doesn't it's magic it's magic because it doesn't mean anything yeah it's, you're spelling out the word dog and people can put that together and you get to dog eventually but this word does it's empty we get to fill it with yeah now. Right. Mm-hmm. so that's cool to me yeah that's cool well, you mentioned a little bit about the background and how you grew up in, in the Northwest. I know you I, you grew up in Portland, and your story is so interesting that you decided you wanted to come to Nashville. You were like, New York or L.A., not for me. I want to mm-hmm. come to Nashville. I want to yeah. come to Music City. And you drove a yellow school bus across. It used to be yellow, and I was like Soviet gray. Uh, <laughs> that's how I bought it. Uh, the guy, he bought it from an Episcopal school, and it was a 78 78- 76 school bus and so it was kept in great condition its whole life until they didn't mm-hmm. need it anymore and so i bought this great sc- i traded my band van for this school bus put bunk beds in it got it all ready to go we were gonna go on tour that band love trucker there's some yes. there's some deep cuts for you there uh you i'm gonna look that up uh fell apart days before our tour was supposed to happen and so i just went anyway and then found out nashville was my place to be yeah how did how long did that take you again to like drive across the country in that thing going Uh, like 55 miles an hour yeah it only goes 55 and uh no air conditioning or heating um so when it's cold it's cold when it's hot it's hot yeah um yeah it took me about i don't know five or six days which would take a car three. Right. What'd you do with the, so, what'd you do with the bus when you ended up in Nashville? I parked it in the front uh, driveway of the house I rented. And Oh, thanks. The new tenants here. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Uh, yeah. But Just then I spitting and sputtering and this but black then time got hard. And then I had to live in it for about a year. Oh man. In a backyard. Uh, two years uh in a, in a friend's backyard and then another friend's backyard um and that was um cold and hot and poor and lonesome and yeah. pretty depressing actually yeah, really. but really fun because I, I mean you're cooking all your food on a coleman stove uh i'm running all of my elect one plug you get one extension cord from the house <laughs> uh <laughs> wow um, but yeah, that was a great bus. And then when I got a house, I couldn't afford to, uh, insure and afford the maintenance to like have it be street legal. So the cops got on my butt about that. So I had to give it away because I, I couldn't afford to just have it sitting there. I was, I was still very poor. Yeah. Wow. But during, yeah. so, <clears throat> so how, how long before you started, how long had you been in Nashville when you started living this bus? uh about a year and a half wow two, God. Three, and were you playing music that time what were you doing to starting the band your, i got here start- and I pretty much started the band when i got here i was like i, I moved here in uh december 09 mm-hmm. and the band had started had a name was going by february 10 wow so you were playing gigs and living back there and just making trying to make ends meet mm-hmm. yeah wow 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, but the Do bus you... really saved my life. And, um, yeah, it's in, it's in our music video. Uh, don't know about you. And that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Bus. right. Is that and the I one where you're a... playing? That's the one where you're playing in the park. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, so how did that, how does that shape how you operate today? Um, in music, like what kind of effect is it long-term effect has that, uh, that beginning had on you? Uh, I'm really prepared to work and do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you kind of have a dream as a young band person that like you get to a point where someone just kind of takes care of everything for you and you just get to show up and play your guitar and get hailed and leave like you're just not involved with the bullshit you just float above it and maybe one day that's true i'm sure keith richards has very little bullshit he has to deal with on a day-to-day basis on tour now yeah um but i had to get past that and work really hard for uh just not i'm not saying like i worked more hard than anyone but uh just like if you're if you want t-shirts you have to make them if you want to go on tour you got to book the shows if you want a van you got to buy it if you want some gear you got to buy it you know it's Mm -hmm. it's, uh when you start adding up how much you're going to need to do to go play a show somewhere and sell some merch and try to make some money and make a living doing this it's daunting and um i see why a lot of people don't do it for very long uh, so you really, you really kind of had that DIY spirit ingrained in what, in, in your way of life and how you've approached this industry. Um, yes. Because yeah. you have to, if you want anything to happen. Otherwise, uh, and I watch a lot of people do it in Nashville where you want it to be perfect with every, the, you want a full manager, you want to go on an arena tour, your first tour. So you wait around trying to put all the pieces together. And I was like, I'm not waiting for anybody to give me permission to play music. I'm going to go right now to a club and play. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm dying. Dying. <laughs> I'm to dying play. Josh. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's literally and figuratively, man. I think I, I know you well enough to know like you're, you say you're dying. You're joking about trying to make a living, but you're also a player. Well, I mean, I mean, as in running out of time and running out of life. Like I, I, I I need to go play right now because. But uh, you love to, you love to play. You're not playing because you have to. You're not playing because you have to. I love the whole thing now. And I've done a bunch of, which is kind of cool because I'm getting like trained in the world that I'm going towards. Like I was doing a bunch of pre COVID. I was doing, uh, trade shows and all these things setting up in ballrooms where you're setting up trust you're setting up lights i'm unloading trucks i know every step oh really I know every step from the semi truck to setting up the lights to setting up the video to setting up the stage mm-hmm. all of that to playing the fucking instrument and writing the songs so when we get to arena tour time when the dude's unloading the truck i know exactly what he's doing and i know exactly right. what's happening so yeah 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 I, I feel lucky that I've been able to touch and learn all of these parts that are real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's been a common theme in people that I've talked to in the live music industry is that with, especially with tour managers that are kind of overseeing the entire process and uh, the organization that um, whether they come from a sound engineering background or a lighting background, um, they've just steeped themselves as they've come up in different aspects of the business so that, when you ask someone to do something, you can actually do it yourself or push comes to shove. You do do it yourself, but to know that 
you can also reasonably get upset with someone when they don't do it right if you know why they didn't do it right and what the fuck was was should have been done right mm-hmm. you're shaking your head very emphatically with wide yeah. eyes you're like, yeah oh i mean i think when you ask the guy the, the top people gene simmons or someone i think he knows every piece of that moving machine i i really think he does uh and i think the we have this idea that they don't and i think they're great because they do and they care and um i want to care i and uh i don't know what's been one example of that where that's kind of come into play that strikes you um it, it just attitude uh you're humble you're gracious when you see some chords laid out on the stage you know someone put them there and that they're important so you don't just roll your amp over them you you lift it up and (laughs) just weird little appreciation in these lights and you know about them and uh they they can be moved and nothing is done without somebody doing it like yeah 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 someone sounds simple but it's when you show up and there's not a pa set up like oh okay i guess i'm setting up the pa all right 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 right. (laughs) stuff like that have you seen examples where people like in in nashville for example if you're there playing locally or even on tour um where that has not been the case and people are just complete like what does that what does that look like and how does it affect the whole program when there's people that don't respect what others are doing and, and, and such. Like, I mean, clearly that's a negative impact, but like, how does that strike you? It, 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 it ripples through your, um, reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, that band was here last week and God damn it. Fuck them. <laughs> I don't want everyone to work with them again. You know, that you hear that from the sound right. guy, you hear that from the guy that was rolling cables and right. he's not going to work for that band anymore. Not that it's, a huge but i mean it's it's not a huge world especially in nashville right. and um that affects whether or not you get another job yeah uh, i think um and i haven't mentioned i mean you wrote this really great book um uh, bad life right which uh, documents yeah. uh, the touring experience from an artist's standpoint pre-covid and, um, touring pre-covid touring right well when we talk about touring life yeah clearly it's, it, may, it may be a relic it, ain't, it ain't post-covid yet unfortunately but we're getting there true true um I think what um, what struck me besides the the just the deep and uh, uh, the deep DIY philosophy with it was just your attitude of, um, you know, you put a footprint on the earth, first of all, you know, you're here and you're not the first one to be here and you won't be the last. So, like, make it good and be cool to people. Um, and also just on the micro level with touring and being in venues um, and being a band that you want. And you want to come back <laughs> to yeah. venues and you want to be known as uh, a band that someone wants to work with, be cool to people. And I remember, in, you know, you're talking about the sound guy. The sound guy is always going to make you sound good. So it's like, you know, that's just one angle. And you mentioned that about, well, when I guess when you talked about the PA, I kind of remembered that. So um, yeah. that's important how you treat people. And I've, I've seen you at venues and I've seen you at shows and I've seen how you operate with other people. And it, everyone's in a great mood because Matthew's in the room. And you're cool to people and <laughs> you're cracking up. You're cool to people and uh, people respond to that. I think people respond to anything you put at them. If you walk in the room and you're all stern, you're not going to be getting a bunch of hugs and happy faces, you know? Yeah. Uh, so 
yeah, your energy definitely gets reflected. Um, uh, yeah, being cool to people, that's really important. And um, also, you have to be genuine about it. You can be... You, you, the, the trick to being like uh, genuine is caring. <laughs> Just yeah, like when you ask yeah. someone how they're doing, you care. Ask, ask them. Do you think that you goes know, hand uh, in hand? Does that go hand in hand long term with success? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing I was thinking of was this. It's the myth of all the rock and rollers doing or country guys are worse than rock and rollers. But, you know, you think Motley Crue or something destroying hotel rooms and being jerks to people and pouring booze on strangers and just being wild and crazy and just being dicks. And that that's never appealed to me. And you have to, like, get that out of your head. You have to uh, debunk that myth for yourself that that's yeah. not the way you need to operate. You don't have to operate right. that way to do. You don't have to be a dick to be a rock and roll. Right. Like, yeah. Legend. If you're, if you're being a dick to be punk rock, you're doing punk wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. Punk rock's uh, about being genuine and about playing music that you believe in yes, box, exactly. you know, and doing things on your own in a, in a, in a way that uh, happens to be unique because everyone is unique. So if you do things the way that you want to do things, that's going to be unique because that's only you, right? Right, right. And I think, uh, I don't know, movies or TVs or myths, whatever, convolute the the rock and roll world and think you got to be a dick or hard, mean, or I don't I don't know. But you, what Nashville's taught me is you can do anything. You can be anything. You can like anything. It doesn't have to be one type of music. Nashville taught me to like just good music. And so going around and like, I, could, I, I feel so relieved because Portland was so clicky. Hardcore kids, punk rock kids. It, it was a click. And if you didn't like that kind of music, you kind of weren't welcome. So, right. but you've told me before that you didn't used to have such a broad view of music. Exactly. Yes. And I remember you talked when you first met Zach, you told me he was the one and Zach, um, Zach Murphy, who's the drummer for DOG mm -hmm. um, and your longtime friend and musical associate, if you will. Uh, 11 years. Yeah, right. You met him like right when you came to Nashville or something. You put an ad in Craigslist. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for a drummer. Looking for a drummer. Looking for a, uh, you know, a kick ass, a, a kick ass double kick drum drummer. I, I think it was uh, the, the, and everything. The, he the headline was uh, looking for drum king. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, he had the diverse taste in music and really broke me of that habit, which thank God I needed that because it's so much better on this side of life of being able to just appreciate music for it being good and making you feel good or sad or making you feel. Well, how were you? Were you like pigeonholing yourself? I just don't well, see I was you in fighting, that, in that. I was, I was fighting for uh, blues and country and yeah. real earthly American music. Um, in well, you were young country. then, though. How old yeah. were you? How well, old my were you? dad, my dad was really into cool music, so he was yeah. turning me on to blonde and McTell, but I was, you know, all through my teens and whatnot, he's playing me Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Robert Johnson, Muddy Water. Have Waters. you listened to the the, uh, the the Dylan song, Blind Willie? Isn't that on his new album? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's well, My dad, every birthday so would give cool. me, here, here's Lead Belly, here's uh, right. Muddy Waters, and mm -hmm. so I'm getting, and all my friends are listening to terrible hardcore music of bands. You, MySpace was real big, so the, yeah. the scene kids were a thing, and it was just like, no, I'm not having it. Uh, Y'all need to get hit to Willie Nelson because you're dumb. Well, I mean, so you, were going down, you were going down a great road. 
Yeah, yeah, but I didn't need to be a dick about it um, because <laughs> I was fighting. I was fighting to like you. You guys don't get it. You're, you're. I don't know. Understand why this isn't making you feel the way I'm feeling. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I had one or two friends that was on that level with me. So uh, right. But so so when, so then you got to Nashville and you met Zach. Was he and he was like a guy who had he's was from Nashville, mm-hmm. but he had to, very diverse musical taste, and that was very. How was that influential for you? That was um, so positive. I mean, what, what kind of like knocked you out of that? that being kind of insular into, I love your musical taste, <laughs> mm-hmm. but how did that change it? Cause I've kind of been there too. It's like you're, you're into your stuff and, um, and then, yeah. And, and, and it's great stuff and, and, and everyone loves their own musical taste to listen to other genres is, is, is so it, it expands your mind. It takes you to different places and it helps you appreciate other ways of looking at music. Yes. And it'll challenge your ego in the event you're having a big ego day to (laughs) admit to yourself that you're liking something for a reason or you're not liking something for a reason. And what are those reasons? Interesting. And so um, it was a it was a growing up of myself. It was a maturing of. Mm. um, uh, And I had to break down my own ego to um, like, why, why am I not liking this? Is it because I'm not liking the person or how they're dressed or how they're acting or. Ooh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Am I, am I trying to fight herd mentality? What is it? So I had to, <laughs> and with every scene comes a different range of dynamics. So Zach was just, he would go to, he would, he was going to hip hop shows, hardcore shows, punk shows, rock and roll shows, every kind of show. And he was like, oh, this is cool. Check this out. And I'm like, what? That's something that, oh, oh, okay. And everybody there at the shows was really cool. That uh, Nashville right, has a great right. attitude at shows. Yeah, uh, being there for the music and the universality of the the universality of the live yeah. performance. It also has the business end of things where it's hoity and not awesome. But on the other extreme, yeah. it's everyone is there for the right reasons and it's beautiful. And diverse walks of life like different kinds of music here, um, but everyone's into music pretty much. So that how was did my that? Case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and it wasn't like that in Portland. I was also. Well, you were younger. I was underage. I didn't. Oh, right, 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 right. I played in a bunch of bars because I was playing in a country band. My my art teacher at my art high school had a country band, and I joined his band. Uh, The school didn't (laughs) know about it, but on the weekends we were playing in honky tonks together. The school didn't know about it. That's funny that you even. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What would the school have said? I mean, like that's not a big Uh, deal, right? It's probably against some. They were all, you know, super liberal art school, Vancouver, Washington people. So they probably wouldn't have been like too. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a diverse scene in Portland, and uh, and then um, what I was wondering is, um, you were introduced to different kinds of music. It was part of you growing up. It was part of, and which is which is hand in hand with you coming to Nashville. How does that change your? Um, uh, your musical technique and how you, how did you approach your own uh, playing and how did the exposure, did the exposure to new types of music affect your playing? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in Nashville because everyone's really good at guitar and everywhere you go, uh, you're, you're just going to a master class of playing music. Right. So the, the bar was so raised. It was almost overwhelming, but I was like eager to get there, but 
just go and watch Kenny Vaughn play, who plays with Marty Stewart, and uh, he's just this amazing guitar player. You just go and mm-hmm. watch him play in a three-piece band in the corner of a bar playing for yeah. tips, and this guy is the man and showing you how it's done. Uh, yeah. That didn't happen in Portland. Um, so technically, I was like, okay, time for the chops. Like, I want to get better. I got to get better right. at singing. I got to... Cause I had just left a band where I wasn't the lead singer. And so now I'm like, Oh, I got to sing and do everything now. So I got a lot of work to do. Well, not only from looking, not only from having that challenge of being exposed to so many amazing guitar players, but being exposed, opening yourself up apart from Nashville, you made the move to Nashville, but also from getting new in musical influences and being exposed and appreciating other guys. Did that have, how did that have an influence on your musical direction apart from technique? Mm, Yeah. uh, I guess I just started incorporating different flavors into what I would normally incorporate. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, like, as especially with playing with Zach, he has such a heavy, uh, tasteful hip hop influence. Um, so when he wants to put down a cool beat, it's like something I would not have thought of to do or would have asked a drummer to do, but I'm really glad he's doing it. And then that, that moves a song in a different direction. And, uh, and I also started digging way deeper into Indian music and pulling in, I play in open tuning a lot, which is how a sitar is tuned. So I started getting into sitar licks playing music and yeah um, i mean your mindset when you're playing live i've just you're on that guitar in that guitar projecting it out throughout the entire performance i mean you almost never turn the thing off i don't know i think change guitars a couple times but it's it's almost like a constant conversation that you're having through the through the guitar did you how do you can you characterize that at all yeah, it's like uh, I every every once in a while I really remember a show, but most of the time I just black out and I'm just on and I, yeah. I like I have I have lips of it like later on that day, but it's like an adrenaline thing. Like when you get onto the stage, it's just like okay, we're on, we're in. You're conscious. You're paying. You know what part of the song you're in. You know if someone's being a dick in the audience. You know if your amp is on fire. But there's an energy <laughs> thing uh, that happens that elevates i don't know but yeah playing and then we improvise with each other a lot so yeah there's, yeah there's so much going on you're 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 the the spinner you're the you're the mixer so the audience is getting it the musicians are getting it it's are, going. Do you feel, are you are you leading the process on stage for the most I part like, i feel like i'm the catalyst yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just thinking people. about the way that Dylan plays is like he's playing bass guitar. I mean, when you say uh-huh. bass guitar, he's playing yeah. bass guitar. Yeah, he plays right? lead bass. He plays lead bass. <laughs> That's it, right. Yeah, he totally plays lead bass. I love it. And I love how you guys just operate and move around each other. And, you know, Zach's just basically the Muppet animal back there. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, so a, good. Utter, it's an utter conversation. But when you say that you almost black out and play and you're feeding off everybody and, um, and the, and the, the energy in the room and, and such, um, how does the room size or different venues affect you? Cause I've seen you in a number of different settings and, um, uh, how does that, like, what is it different to play at a thousand seat, uh, hall versus playing at, uh, the tonic room in Chicago or, uh, the place, what's the place on the South side hearts? Hearts, hearts, Shout out the hearts. <laughs> Outside. you're basically just part of the, 
the whole happening. Oh, there's a band over there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That we're <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah. I, lo- right, I, mean, right. I love that. And it does change the dynamics. Uh, so when it's a big place, you got to be careful not to overextend yourself. Uh because you, you hmm. think bigger, you want to go bigger and you're going to want to jump higher. You want to scream higher. You're going to go over here more, which is good if you're ready. Um, and right. but most of the time we're doing like opening slots there. So you got 30 minutes or so. So that's a short yeah. amount of time. So you can usually just go hard. But if you were going to be out there for two hours, um, you got to pick and choose. You have to be strategic because it's a huge stage and it's a huge audience and I have to play guitar and sing and breathe and that takes a lot of energy. So um, pacing I, is what you're saying is important. Yeah, I totally overextended myself. And by the third song, I'm like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. Which you mean, right. then, then the different, um, so, so, what you're saying is when you're in a larger venue um, and I've seen you play at Thalia Hall, oh, you were opening. Um, it's you're, you're not as close to the audience, but you do, you kind of get a little more hyped up is what I'm hearing you because it's a bigger stage. It's a bigger, it's a bigger thing. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm still figuring it out cause I haven't, we've, we have played quite a few big places, but um, we haven't played for like uh, as long, as long as we want to, like we're, we're going to do two or three hour shows when we get into it. And I, I just haven't been on that big of a stage for that long. So, um, I will definitely pace myself and, um, but the audience uh, will like, when I said on the catalyst, it's not only just the energy, but it's the movements. It's people, people do what they see. So if you're moving your head like this, they're going to do that too. If you put your hands up, they're going to put their hands up. (laughs) I don't know why, but that's what happens. So if you want to get them moving, it's like you have to move too. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. So uh, you got to keep that in mind. Um, but it depends. Depends on the audience. Depends on the place. And I love Planet Hearts or small in the room places because little movements go a really long way. Um, yeah, yeah, right. You're, right. It's tight. You're right there. Yeah, the energy. You're right there. I've been like just, and you put it out there too, and people respond. People respond. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being, uh, you, you can't be too cool. Uh, I've found that's, that's, that's a way to break down the wall of being like, okay, everyone can just have fun and be who you are and, and smiling and being a dork. Like what I do most of the time on the stage <laughs> is breaks down like, Oh, he's being dumb. So I can, do yeah, that people have a great, people have I'm a great being- time. Yeah. yeah people, people have a great time because of that. They love how you guys dress and they love your crazy fucking hats on stage. The white one. Hopefully you're not retiring that one because it goes oh, yeah. the I'll white never, furry hat. Come on, That's, man. That's a signature, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah. It encourages people to let their guard down and just enjoy themselves. And for those who haven't Which seen feel- you guys, like the, the, the badge, is that a badger or a Wolverine or what's the suit? What's the animal suit? Is that going to become a dog a suit? Sloth. Cause I've seen it's what it's a sloth. I think I think it's a sloth. Okay. Uh, I, I found it at a thrift store, but I I, I, I found out later that they sell them at Walmart, and I'm pretty sure it's a sloth. Right, uh, right. <laughs> but we got to get a dog head now. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a dog now. It's a dog now. Everything's a dog. Yeah, we'll yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it might right. be. And if we do it right, every time someone looks at a dog, they'll think of our band, and that was inadvertent, <sighs> brilliant uh, marketing. 
mind blowing. So why'd you write your why'd you write your book? We talked a lot about the DIY. We talked about um, being conscious of having a footprint where you go. Yeah. Um, why Why'd you write your book? Um, it was it, really one guy I was playing with. It, it was it was a trigger that went to a million other ideas and other people I thought of. But I was just watching this guy smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer who plays in a bunch of bands out of mm-hmm. out of the bar. And um, I had I had I, I haven't been drinking uh in a couple years now. Um, and so I just I was like he's he's making he's making this a lot harder on himself than he needs to and it's already really hard Mm. it's really hard to exist in a band or play in a band and i used to smoke i used to drink i used to do lots of substances that i thought were just fun and will keep you going um but if you are in this for the long haul you're gonna need to take care of yourself or you're just gonna burn yourself out or kill yourself or kill someone else and none of that sounded fun. So I was thinking like, no one talks about that. No one says that. No one mm-hmm. just um, gives advice on how to like do this at all. Like the basic stuff, like be cool to yeah. people. Uh, right. Don't drive when you're tired. Um, don't eat fast food ever. Yeah. Uh, what does beer do to you if you drink it for a week? I explain right. it uh you know um just simple things like that and also just fun stories that i have encountered so it's like every chunk of knowledge that i think is important the story i learned that from and then you know just general information about food and drugs and alcohol and touring and Right. So does, is, does being sober with that, how is that? I assume that you you're sober. You don't drink at all. I don't drink alcohol. No. Was was that a problem? Did you have a problem with that or did you just stop doing it because you don't want to do it anymore? Well, I was on the road all the time and I guess the problem I was having was, um, being getting sick alcohol will kill your immune system. And Mm -hmm. then if you're sick, I get get congested. Then I can't sing. And then I'm sick on the road in the cold. Yeah. And uh, when you realize that beer is liquid bread and gluten can congest you, it's like, why am I getting congested? Why am I getting sick? I'm like, oh, yeah. I've been drinking PBR every day for weeks. So it really came from just needing to survive on the road. It's not, I don't, I honestly don't really have a problem with alcohol uh, um, or people who drink it. It It's its effect on you if you're trying to do this. If you're trying to be on the road and you have to do everything, drive, load, perform, tour manage sell merch for the next three weeks i can't do that however and i can't do that i just can't right Uh, well you're you're working right so you wanted to make sure that you don't you didn't you didn't you kind of made the point in that to not blur the lines too much if you're going to be diy the lines can't be blurred i i guess you can't you can't you can't be like completely loaded and do a really good job if you're in charge and, and, and I don't mean to, and you weren't preachy about it. Right. Well, cause I didn't very, want, like, if you want, it's a kind it's of an called, if then scenario. It's called tips on how to survive life in a band, not the way to do it. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. And I didn't want to be preached. I really tried not to be, but I just wanted to give a heads up to anyone. I, I guess all the experience I've had is in 10 years of touring and trying to do this. So it's like a decade. So anyone from, 
16, 17, thinking that maybe I want to do this, like, here's a heads up. You might think I'm full of shit, but give it a try and mm -hmm. you'll find out. So uh, I, and oh, also uh, Kitchen Confidential, Anthony Bourdain's book. He yeah. wrote a book. It was his first book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've got it. Yeah. That he, that he wrote for his kitchen friends. Um, and he thought like my other kitchen friends will get a kick out of this and that'll be that. And so I kind of yeah. took that mentality as well of like, I'm gonna write this for my band friends. And I know, I know 50 year old musicians who are still drinking Mark Limeritas and smoking Marlboro lights and like, yo, you can change. If you're wanting to do this, you're killing yourself. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, my family has diabetes. They had dementia. It's like, I've seen a lot of un unfortunate medical things go down. My dad died of terrible, uncomfortable death. Oh, and so all of that, you know, led up to like, Oh fuck, man, no one's talking about just taking care of yourself, playing music. So I, I'm going to, I'll do that. Uh, I'll give a heads up. I'll, I'll be the guy in the band that says you don't have to drink or you don't have to smoke to be a rock and roll guy. Right. Cause a lot right. of these get a leather jacket and tight pants and boots start smoking and being that guy. And they're doing it because it's the uniform. It's the thing. It's the activity that comes with the uniform. And I wanted to break that. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. I mean, and, and, and you do live by that. I try to, you know, right. Uh, so well, in, in the, in the absence of touring though, how, what, what has been your kind of mindset these days? I mean, how have you gotten through this personally? It's been, uh, personally, it's been, uh, really great in a lot of ways because I've been on the road trying to chase something for the past 10 years, 11 years. And this has been the first time where I don't have to, and I don't feel bad for not, um, trying to chase success or, um, the next thing for the band. Um, this was a really great break mentally physically yeah. mm -hmm. uh we got to rebrand we got to reorient the ship and it, it's really been beautiful i obviously everyone getting sick and dying is terrible but uh as far as i needed a break um uh, and i think we're gonna go much further if we have a balanced life and we don't burn ourselves out Right. And so how, how have you balanced that with getting in front of your fans? And, um, well, first, what do you miss about that? Do you miss, let's oh, say, do God. you miss that? Yeah. 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 I, I'll be back on tour as soon as I can. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and because playing, I, I don't live music is for life. It's not for the internet. Um, I, there's magic in live music that live streaming, which we have been doing plenty of in this absent time, um it doesn't do so mm -hmm. uh we we've been doing uh acu and it's been really great because we've been doing acoustic live streams where it's just like we pick all of our favorite whatever acoustic folky songs and we've been playing them um we call them flat fests because i make pancakes and um we just play our favorite songs we like we're doing one this upcoming sunday and yeah it's you do that through your, like you do that through your facebook channel yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm and it's shown that we do other stuff, that we're not just this one-dimensional band that we knew, but no one else really knew that we knew how to play. That you're one, you knew that you were one-dimensional? Yeah, like maybe they just knew that we were a rock and roll band. <laughs> they didn't know that we knew how to play like 
bluegrass and stuff. And we're in into that. Uh, yeah. Well, I've seen a couple of them. You guys sit in your kitchen and play and play music. Are you actually making pancakes during that thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not the one on the I was. Oh, oh, the on the table. I'm not, oh, I'm not, I make them beforehand. Oh, okay. All right. Cause I was going to say like to play guitar and make pancakes at the same time, that'd be pretty cool. That's, that's a tough multitask. That's a true yeah. flapjack fest, flap fest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so you, and you, and you're just, you're, you're missing being out there. How are you coping with that? Um, uh, it's uh, w- my latest, my, not my latest, but my, the, the one that's got me through is that one day at a time, one yeah. day at a time. And that's, what's been getting me through, uh, because that's all I could look at without freaking myself out. Right. So personally, that's how I've had to get through the day. And uh, also looking forward to the, the flat festive and keeping us going and just having a lot to look forward to as far as rebranding and doing everything new has been like, okay, we have something to look forward to. And a lot of people have um, reached out and said, thank you for just keeping going. That has helped us as well as far as looking forward to something and enjoying some music and uh, getting to see other people, even through a computer. Yeah. They've been, um, I feel like we've helped people out and they've helped us out. People have been really generous as far as tipping us and like, uh-huh. thank you. Yeah. So that's felt like we're in the right direction. Have you been working another job? I've been making hats. I started making hats in March. Yeah. So a year that I've been making hats. It's crazy. Yeah. How's that uh, going? It's been going great, dude. I have a crazy waiting list of people that want hats. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Through, how are you? How you're selling them through the for, through Facebook, Instagram. That's it. Oh, really? That's, oh, that's great. It. Yeah. I, I didn't gotta, know. Gotta gotta do something. I didn't know it was gonna work. Um, because Zach went and got a job at Home Depot, stocking shelves right away. Uh, Dylan, uh, had to. He was working. He's working now at a garden center. So we all mm. had to r- figure out something to do. But I was like, all right, I'll just make some hats as a side hustle and see if that works. And then. Next thing I know, I got 60 hats on a waiting list and I go, okay, all right. I got a job now. Cool. Yeah, right, right. So between that and our some of our live streams, um, I that's how I've been staying alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good that you're creative and artistic and like are willing to put, put it out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, right? It's like, uh, it's either that or go get a job for the man. And uh, I mean, I don't... No offense, I don't see a stack and shelves at Home Depot. Maybe at a garden store, I can kind of more see that a little bit. Uh-huh. But so, um, so what? So how is it? Has it changed? I mean, has has COVID changed your outlook on your own music and where you're going? And um, and let's talk about the new album a little bit. Yeah, um, we're we're really the the thing about the new name is that we're really intentional. Um, mm-hmm. with, what do you mean by that? With um, with our decisions uh, to either work with a label or independently release or with every photo, with every video, with every song release, with every everything. We're mm. incredibly intentional because now we have this much experience. We're getting offers from labels that we would probably would have said yes to five years ago. And now we're like, no. So you self-release this, you're self-releasing this new album. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that that depends. I mean, we're gonna release another single in uh, February, probably on February twentieth, I believe right. is the date. And um, 
we just released one called uh, New Way of Life on New Year's Day is when it came out. And um, a lot of people came out of the woodwork after they heard the first song saying, what you doing? You want some help? And we're like, what are you going to do? So um, with that business experience that we've now acquired, we're being really uh, deliberate with our yeah. Um, I don't know, business. Mm-hmm. Um so we're just gonna release some singles and videos and build up our because we had to start fresh new Spotify, like new pretty much everything. Right. So build up build it all up, which is fun because you get to make videos and write a lot and yeah, it's kind of like a fresh, it's a fresh beginning almost for you, right? Yeah, yeah we get to, I mean, like, like I said, we get to fill this all up now and with all the things that we like to do and who we are. And we don't have to be embarrassed about it, which is incredibly freeing and wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So summer and on is looking like shows are going to happen. So we're going to be coming up to Chicago soon. Uh, oh, cool. we, have a, we have a gig in Wisconsin. Um, oh, when is that? August. August. That's good enough. August, I believe. I don't. Yeah, I, cool. I'm not sure the dates have been announced publicly. So oh well, you you got to hit. Well, let's let's see what's happening, man. What are what are you hearing from your people and what you're what you're seeing and what's what are your oh, thoughts on? We, on we also just got a new booking agency, Mint Mint Booking Agency. So they're now taking the reins as far as gathering shows for us. Oh, cool. And cool. so they're on the cutting edge of how the world is doing as far as booking shows. Yeah. And, um, but did you used to self book? Did you used to book your, used to book your own tours when you guys were like a couple of years ago, right? A couple of years ago, we were with paradigm, which is great. They're huge and great. And they, they got us great shows opening with, uh, Margo and, um, Tyler Childers and blues traveler, buddy guy, Dwight Yoakam, Cheryl Crow, mm. um, the darkness. Uh, that was all because of paradigm. Oh, these are all bands that you've opened for? Yeah. 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 Because Paradigm, they're all in-house. And they're uh -huh. like, hey, want one of our bands to open for you guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, cool. cool. So that so, was like back in 2018-ish time frame? Yeah, yeah. We were, did, like, we were with thing. them for about four years or so. Yeah. How so, was that with uh, doing um uh, with Margo? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Was that was she cool? Was that fun? Oh, well, uh, we've known Margo since back in the day so it was from like Nash seeing, just from nashville from yeah, hanging out when, and stuff. when yeah. it was uh, buffalo clover i didn't name my band oh. buffalo so I, I wanted buffalo in my band name but there was already a band in town called buffalo clover so i was like well oh, that's like margo's that. that's margo's first band that's correct yes uh, with and, the same uh, the same crew some of the same guys some of them some of them yeah um no. not all of them but some of them yes right and right. um so Margo and I used to get coffee and just talk about shit being hard. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, and she, her and I are, I love her so much because it was yeah. like, I know she's, she's what best, she man. went through and I know I watched it and I watched her get it. And it's just so awesome. She's like oh. my spirit animal. We have the same initials. <laughs> um, that's right. It actually, actually never put that together. Yeah, that's true. MRP, even yeah. the middle one. No shit. Yeah. Wow, that's deep, man. Yeah, yeah, and and I know she loves us, and she yeah, she uh, does. So getting to sing with her and play with her and tour with her on that that run was just like the fucking best. It was the best. Oh. It was the best because you're there with all your friends that you've 
been playing empty rooms with and struggling with for years and then they're on a tour bus we have a cool van we're thousands of people every night for oh, a couple God, weeks yeah. it's like this is too was that like the cool fun. was that one of the cooler things that you've done yeah yeah that was yeah. great yeah, I'd say so, Mar- Margo and the Darkness, the the seven week tour around Europe and the UK, opening for the Darkness every night was that was cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what were some Margo- of the, what, what were some of the cooler things about just so? But you'd known Marco, you'd known Margo for a long time. But um, uh, has she? Um, what is some? Do you kind of look to her for advice in the um? kind of how to navigate certain things or well i'm definitely i've definitely watched her for sure because that's exactly right i was like oh let's i want to see what she does I'm, I'm also super proud of her for her being a really strong woman and vocalizing everything that needs to be vocalized and Love especially that. by women in the entertainment community she's doing a great job totally fearless i'm endlessly inspired by her in that respect mm-hmm. um but also as an artist um she's she's chosen to just do really cool things and yeah. I, I have watched her and i've i've watched her struggle with some things that are hard you know and um uh, she's handled it with grace but it's just man that's gotta be tough i i've never experienced getting launched into the i very few people have gone from bars to saturday night live within a year yeah the so getting that launch must be just something incredible. And I was just watching her just like in awe, just seeing how she did it. And I think she did a great job. She's still doing a great job. And now she's like established and she can do what she wants. Um, so she always does feel very, very real and grounded though. in what she does, uh-huh. I mean, even when she's on like the Kimmel show or wherever with that, just everything is so um, just tasteful and, and uh, true to who she really is, it seems. I mean, I, I don't know her personally like you do, but it feels real from from uh, from uh, my perspective. Absolutely, I think you're I think you're picking up on the realness because it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've met her. I've talked to Jer- I talked to Jeremy uh, Dally. Awesome guy. Just they're, they're mm-hmm. just both just quality, just great people. You know. Yeah, and they really care. They care about their music and they care yes. about their art so much. And yes. uh, Jeremy's yes. also fantastic and. Yeah, he we happened to be in the same night. He was opening for um, Mike Campbell uh, ah, on mm-hmm. pre COVID, and he happened mm-hmm. to be in Raleigh the same night we were. And he came and he came and watched us play to fourteen people or so, and it was just great to see him. <laughs> I think yeah, that was the last totally. time I saw him. <sighs> Are you saying this was recent? No, this was like pre. What year? What do you pre? Think? Yeah, so that would have been probably. It was PC. November. PC yeah. or AC? Yeah. It was PC. <laughs> we can't use PC though. We've got to think of something else. Uh, P. Uh, anyway, all right. We'll get back to you on that. Yeah. So uh, we were talking. I asked you about um, how your musical, like how this has kind of affected your music, your outlook. We're talking about the album, uh, and then we're talking about management. So, um, uh, and then we 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 got, kind of got off on on the Margot thing because I love talking about Margot, but um the new album for you guys so how i mean it's been around for a while for you i've heard a couple of the cuts live um and they're great and i'm loving that the band is getting involved you know i guess zach's has a song and dylan's got a bunch of songs and um Mm -hmm. uh but i love the new single and i love how it sounds in the studio how 
what do you feel it's any do you how do you feel it's different how do you feel it's similar from where you guys were at uh when you last jumped off with uh black Fichisis, which was quite a while ago except for the live album right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so how, how is it kind of how is this a departure or not it's a departure in that we made a strong effort to re- make really concentrated songs nuggets mm. of songs um mm-hmm. this wasn't the album that we were gonna express how artistic and wild and weird we are it, it, it's still art but it's not to be like you guys are always wild and weird it doesn't here's matter. an here's a 17 minutes uh you know um harmonium solo which <laughs> might be on the next one uh I've, I've been waiting where i was gonna put that but this one we took a bunch of songs this this is something we've never done before we took a bunch of songs demoed them all we went and recorded them Mm-hmm. and then picked which ones we really liked and then mm-hmm. trimmed those even more crafted those songs even more and then when we went into the studio we cut 13 songs top to bottom in three days that was our budget mm-hmm. and so uh like three about 10 hour days so uh and it was just the three of us we had never only just made a record of just the three of us we've always had a horn player, a backup singer, a, a mm-hmm. pedal steel player, someone. This was so everything you hear on the rest of these recordings is all us, all the keys, all the fiddles, the mandolins, whatever. That's us. Oh, okay. Um, we had never done that before, and we had never trimmed our songs to just be digestible nuggets. Where I'm like, all right, let's make an album where uh, the ADD world can keep up. So let's <laughs> nothing, nothing over three. Uh, and maybe some are three and change, but no songs are long. They're all more like, let's just put, let's put all the hits on there. Let's just make an album of hits. Yeah. So yeah. we tried to do that. And Zach's got one, Dylan's got two or three and um, they're all really good. And we recorded them at Sputnik sound studio, which Nashville man, uh, Jack white records hmm. there. He records there with Tours and Vance Powell is his engineer. And he's, we, we used Vance Powell's right-hand man who knows most of Vance Powell's tricks and whatnot. And we get to use his room and his mics and his boards. And, and who is that? Sitting up on the shelf. And uh, who, is, and that's who is that? Vance Powell. No, you said his right-hand. Oh, you mean. Oh, oh, oh his, his right-hand man is Mike Fahey. He's who recorded uh-huh. us. And he's uh, the one that that he helped uh, the Alabama Shakes, right? Or was that Vance Powell? That was Andrea Tokic at the Bomb Shelter. We also recorded with him. Oh, okay. Because I remember you mentioning that before. So, yes, hmm. that was our first album in 2012. And then, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Andrea right. was still working out of his house. Then I was like, "Hey, play me something new that you're recording on." And he plays me some of the Shakes tracks. Oh, like, oh. Right, 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 right. Okay, so this was more of like uh, uh, these guys that work with Jack White. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the production on it, man. But did you ever feel like you were kind of boxed in with your own rules when you were saying like, nothing's going to be over three minutes? And are you seriously nothing's over three minutes on this album? I mean, maybe three ten. Yeah, I mean, so uh, roughly. Uh, roughly Dylan has a, a story song called truck driving song. And I think that one might be about four minutes. Um, but all of this, the, 10 out of the 13 are three and under, I'd say. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and no, no, we were, we were, we're like, we're going to deli- We call it trimming the fat. All right. Uh, let's, uh, well, we could take, mm, let's trim that. And yeah. so it wasn't bad trimming. It was like, we're making this, uh, 
concentrated delivery of this song. And were you um, consciously thinking like this will give us a launching pad when we're when we're live, or are you also thinking like you're going to kind of make it more compact when you're performing these? Have you did that? Have, have you been thinking about we that? We jam at all? all of our songs. We jam. We pretty much jam. Uh, we 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 made them the short album version because the live version is going to be eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, all right, here we go. We'll, we'll we'll get them the structure, but people coming to see us play, they they'll they either know or they'll figure out that we're you know going to be jamming. Oh them. yeah, yeah, you figure that out pretty much after the first song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's this show. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right, really, right on. This had never been um, a case where we have been playing these songs for two years live and now people are anticipating the record that had never really happened. We had like put out the music and then like went and played those songs and we've never, mm -hmm. so people have heard these songs a bunch and they've heard different live versions. They have their own version in their head and yeah. now we get to deliver something that they get to, is like, here it is. So right, that's cool that right. people are like anticipating these songs that aren't recorded yet. So have you been playing these in your, uh, doing the, the, the kitchen shows? A couple of them, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Totally. Because some people, I ask people for requests, like, "What do you want to hear?" And um, some of them will say one of them because you know they're on YouTube or they're on people's phones. People recorded them on their phones, so they've been listening to these songs. Right. Um, I, I watched one guy record every new song that we played when we did one quarantine show, and every when we played an old song, he put his phone down. And like, all right, cool, cool, cool. But when we played Wait, a new like record, a quarantine show, like somewhere like a socially distant thing, correct? With, with yeah, we did actual one show. Distant show. Oh, so you noticed this guy was like putting on, whenever it was a new song, he's like, "This yeah. guy's." That's yeah. cool, man. That's a fucking good fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's a uh, you know bootlegging the new the new cuts. Yeah, right. You're like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. I, I was I was flattered. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I think it's um they're excited. People are excited to get these songs to where they can actually just listen to them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm really I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, so and I think our, our plan is going to be just some singles for a few months and then drop the LP hopefully in the summertime. Right. So okay. Every month we're going to have another single and a video. Are you going to do it on the, so you'll, you'll, you'll release it streaming and um, do you have plans of doing like a pre-order of vinyl or? Probably so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're going to see what evolves of the next few singles because when we released the first one, people started paying attention again. So I feel like once we do the next two or three, we're going to see where we're sitting before we sign anything or join anybody's label or anything. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's experience speaking right there. Right. Why would have, have you been burned by that in the past? You just jump in like, Oh, we love you. We love you. Cool. Let's do business. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll get, we'll worry about money later. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. we're 14 in the hole. And, um, we didn't keep track of anything. So, right. You were very yeah. circumspect about that in the book. We want like, in no, in no uncertain terms, were you like very, um, you were very cautious, let's say. Yeah. Um, but that's from being not cautious and doing a dumb deal that seemed all cool and fun up front. And, um, they're going to get 25% of our next record. And that's, right. that's part of that, that, that bite continues to bite. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Well, this is great. It's been great talking to you, man. But um, I am, um, I'm just, I'm so looking forward to seeing you uh, to, for when you get back on the road. I mean, I'm just, uh, obviously the show stoppage has been hard on everybody and, uh, and you're such a hardcore performer and I know you love being in front of everybody and just rocking, rocking the house, man. Rocking is so fun. I love it. Like, <laughs> but don't worry, we've been training. I've been doing pushups every day. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Zach has been those spindly huge. arms. You probably, you know, there's like, what, what's your, what I, I do. I do 20 every day. You can call bullshit. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, with the, with the elbows in yoga slow. And then you raise a leg each push up. Nice. Do 20 of those. All right. I'll do it. I'll do I've it. Been doing those since October. Yeah. And you got the every sprinter, day. you got the sprinter still, the sprinters out there. Still got this. Ready, it's ready a hit you can't afford the sprinter. Oh, uh, but yeah, our van is almost, uh, our van's almost ready. Good. Our instruments are ready. Right on. Right on. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, like a mini bus. I've been inside that thing, man. But it's not bad, right? No, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. No, that was a total step up for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going yeah. to be bus touring in uh, less than two years. I'm projecting say, that. Let's say that again. Bus tour in two years. I'm going to be bus touring in a bus in less than two years. Yes. 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 I I, 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 I hope you guys do that because I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, you will. Get on the bus. Get on the bus, Josh. I'm on the bus, man. I'm on the bus in my mind and I'm on the bus with you guys too. So I love you, Matthew. Thanks a lot for being here, brother. You, Josh. Thanks for having me. And congrats again on the road case success. Thanks, man. Uh, it's it's going great. I love doing this and I love I love chatting with you. So thanks for being here, man. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Okay, there's Matthew Page of DOG. Oh, I love that guy. He is um uh such a sweethearted human and uh he's just a killer performer uh along with uh zach and dylan also in dog um you know matthew's got great spirit he's got determination and he's got grit and uh he's a great team player both for his band and so to speak for the world at large if you will um, you know, I know he's been struggling, uh, as has everyone during the show stoppage, but, um, Matthews found, always finds things to be optimistic about. And, uh, clearly he's excited about his new challenges, um, and new opportunities. And I'm really excited for him. And, uh, you know, uh, go check out that new single that he's got, uh, new way of life and, uh, keep a heads up for, uh, the next new single on February 20th. I can't wait for him to get back on the road and I can't wait for, uh, his bus tour prediction to come true. And if Matthew was smart and I know he is, uh, he'll make me do 20 push-ups before I can get on that bus with him. So he told me he's been practicing and keeping in shape that way. Uh, I try to keep in shape. Let's see if I can do it in two years. Gosh, that's a lot of time to, uh, to practice. So I want to thank Matthew Page for being here on Roadcase. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. And I'll see you on down the road.
Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And if you are able to and like to support Roadcase, we have a Patreon site at patreon.com slash roadcasepod. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs>